Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode, I think we're on episode 18 of the Mad Specialist podcast presented by Oliver's Funeral Home. Oliver's Funeral Home in Grand Prairie, Alberta is ready to handle every detail of the funeral planning process with compassion and understanding. Our friends over at Oliver's treat us right and they're going to treat you right too. Coping can be a long process. Much like if you're the Arizona Coyotes and get shit pumped 7-1 in back-to-back games and absolutely send it in and lose in the first round of playoffs, um, Oliver's is ready to deal with those type of losses. So head over to Oliver's Funeral Home. They're going to help you through everything. And yeah. Yeah. Landon, how's it going, buddy? Good. (laughs) I think that was the best Oliver's intro yet. I love those. That's my favorite thing. Honestly. Oliver's coming on as a sponsor was the best thing that ever happened to us. Not weird at all. Not weird. Just comedy. Although we do know that death is definitely not a funny thing. (laughs) Yeah. It is funny to make those sorts of jokes. So. Yeah, but how about that? The Yotes absolutely just said, fuck it. We're done. This we're done for. And they they got pumped. Yeah, 7-1 doesn't look good. Look great, though, because I – got Kadri in my uh in our fantasy playoff pool so that was nice because he's got 10 points six goals so he's yeah I'm regretting not taking McKinnon yeah this guy picked Sebastian Ajo first overall which I won't I won't say is a bad pick but yeah. the matchup against the Bruins was tough because I honestly thought I thought the Canes were beating the Bruins though I just like I can't I believe did. I did too I guess I can't the- believe they just came out flat they came out flat and the Bruins they looked pretty good they did look good. I liked the uh, – I mean, everyone knows I don't, you know, like the Bruins. But I'm going to talk about the Bruins for a little bit because I feel like I can't be super biased. We're going to be a sports podcast. i got to talk about the teams I don't like too. So, I'm going to talk about two guys. Yaroslav Halak stepping in, stepping up, and helping the Bruins. Like that, he's, he's just stepping into full-time starter role. So – Good for him for stepping into those two games. And then the other guy that I've been loving watching is Jake Brusk. He's an absolute horse out there. Powers through guys. He's, a, he's such a power forward. He's like a – he's a Tom Wilson type. Garnet Hathaway kind of – well, Hathaway's not as good, but he's, a, he's the same style power forward. But those two goals in that game on that comeback in the third period, yeah. I like I, – I, if I could have – Who'd you rather have, DeBrusque or, or Matthew Kachuk? Oh, mm, that's a good question. I like both of them. Uh, probably DeBrusque. Really? Yeah, because Kachuk is still like a like a star, certified star, right? And and DeBrusque is not. Like, DeBrusque is your third line power forward. And I think it's a hard comparison because, like, if I'm going to pick a team to build around, then I'll pick Kachuk. But if I'm just going – who would I rather have out of both of those? Then I'm going to take the brush because I'm assuming my team like I likely have someone else who's good. But I don't know. That's my thoughts on that series. And best of luck against what should be Tampa Bay if the Islanders and the Flyers can finish their series off. But uh, that's going to be a hell of a series Oof, if, they end yeah. up, if they end up playing each other, Tampa Bay and Boston. I'll need Tampa on that one because I can't I, – I won't be able to stand having the Bruins keep going. Like, they went to the, all the way to the Cup last year, which was already tough to watch, and then Bruins, thank God. But uh, also, I think, like, I don't know what the status – what's the status on Steven Sampos? Do we know that? 
No, no status update on Stammer yet. That anyone like they they look like Tampa looks deadly, and that's without one of their best players on their team. So I'm hoping maybe they can get him back. But and also I think Tampa's due for one. I don't know how much longer they have left with the group that they have as well, because um, they're going to run into cap trouble eventually. Um, well, especially now with the flat flat cap, everyone's yeah. going to be in cap, cap trouble. Exactly. So I think uh, I think Tampa is probably in win now mode. Yeah, um, I I don't know. Like, I think I would. I think if I if that does end up being the series, I would take the Bruins to win. Uh, I think they just have, they're so deep they play right. But let me tell you, if they get to the Cup Finals again, they're going to get slaughtered by either Vegas or Colorado because t- those two teams are just phenomenal. Like watching Colorado play. I mean, yeah, Gar- I mean, mind you, they play Arizona. But they just buzz around the ice. Nathan McKinnon is not taking no for an answer. That Stanley Cup is his this year. Like that's that's what you think. You're foreshadowing. You think it's his? Oh man, it's it's just it's so fun to watch that. Team what happened play. to What happened to Philly? Oh, I still love Philly, and I made a bet on them to get to the Cup final. Not not a bet to win the Cup. Um, think about Philly. I I love Philly. I still think that they're my favorites. But man, they've been looking like a. a uh, some crybabies these last couple of days. Like the one thing they were, they were crying about getting scored on on a five. They're down five nothing, and they got their first power play on for Montreal went out, and you know they're doing work on them or whatever. And then they complained about that because they thought they shouldn't be trying to run up the score or whatever. But they they were zero and fifteen before that. They needed exactly. to work on the power play. Well, exactly. And Philly's been like working everybody for the last three months like somebody gave it to you and the first thing you guys do is like bitch about it instead yeah. of like learn from it and then and then so Gallagher gets absolutely cross-checked to the face like I get the size difference thing whatever but he got like if you look at slow-mo he got cross-checked right to the face and the first thing like Elaine Vigneault in the media is saying is like uh yeah, well, you know, it's the size difference thing. He just kind of got uh, hit, and you know, he cut his face a little bit. I mean, the guy looked like he was trying to talk, and he had no teeth in his mouth. Like, I don't think it was just a little cut. So they got to quit. Philly's got to quit their bitching and complaining, and just kind of get back to working and grinding because they shouldn't even be in a three-two series with, with the Canadians. I know they should be slaughtering them, and they're not scoring either, which is crazy. Um, but I will say, Carter Hart is. I said it on Twitter, probably my favorite non-leaf to other than maybe like McKinnon and McDavid and all those all-stars. But like he, he is so good at goal, man. Like the fact that you could get yanked in game two and come back with back-to-back shutouts, mind you, they are playing Montreal, is sick. So game five, six will be the, today, if you listen to this on Friday, so, take Carhartt for a shadow right now, all you gamblers. Put it, I'm telling wow. you. Yep, it's happening. He's responding with another shadow. He got yanked again last game. So, anyway, yeah, the yeah. Flyers should win this. If Montreal wins, I'll my mind will be blown, and there's not a chance they beat Tampa Bay if they get through Philly. Yeah, well, that's what we've been saying the last – you know, you said that in the player, playing round. You said that about the first round. Who knows, man? Maybe this is the – the year of the Canadians. No. Remember like that? Remember a few years back when that Leicester soccer team, they were like 300 to one odds to win it. Like the year before they were oh, like. Oh, yeah, the, Leicester like, City. Leicester yeah, City. 
they were like in the relegated league the year before, and then the next year they came and won the Premier League, like just or champ. I don't know. I don't know all the soccer leagues, but like, yeah, it was crazy odds though. Same with Vegas in that first year. But I, I think they. Win. I think technically though, if you look at the odds, I think St. Louis had worse odds last year than that soccer team. Did, yeah, like, at, at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I get Dallas. Well, we didn't talk – no, we should talk about Montreal – not Montreal, uh, the Islanders, because as much as we don't like them, we we didn't talk about them last last podcast. Uh, They're sick. They're not sick. They're just like a wear-you-down. Yeah, they are a wear-you-down, shut-you-down team. That is literally – they have – other than Matt Barzell, like their team is just – I guess uh, also J.G. Pajot, he's pretty good too. But like, like you got you got to think that Lee Washington's like that. you got to think that Washington's really wishing that they had uh, Barry Trotz. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, I still don't know though what the whole story there was, if it was money or what it was. But how you win a Stanley Cup with a coach and then just not re-sign him the I next know. year is like unreal to me, especially considering how long Washington like tried to get that cup and like you finally got it, and you probably have the roster to do it again, and then you just like got a new coach who, and from what I hear, is probably not the best coach in the world. Yeah, right. and and Trotz, that, that's the only, like, I, I won't say it's the only reason, but it's a big reason the Islanders are doing as good as they are is because Barry Trotz is their coach. Like, he, they're playing Barry Trotz hockey right now. They're shutting you down, and they get their two, three goals a game, and that's it. That's all you're getting. And they let Washington back into that game – the last game there and like if they let you if they don't shut you down like they'll they're gonna lose five two things like that so they definitely have to shut you down if they want to win but I don't see them getting out of the second round uh especially with like Boston Tampa Philly like those are teams where you just you're not getting out of that round so uh, yeah they could upset Philly though like oh the way, true I guess like, if it goes the way that it is Okay, well, they're not getting out of – there's no – I can't say there's no chance, but I don't want to look stupid. Like, if I, were to pick a this, team, but... if I were to pick a team for them to possibly beat, it would be Philly the way I've seen Philly, like, play against Montreal a bit. Yeah, and that's who they would play if things go who, with who's leading. But if uh, – like, Boston or Tampa in that third round, like, those are two powerhouses, so. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I do like watching Matt Barzell play. He's like the only guy I like on that team. He, and I like that he's a he's a good Western and Ebbs. kid. I like everybody. Oh yeah, I forgot he's on. Uh, and then uh, he's a good Western kid. That's why I like him. He's just filthy. Actually, speaking of Matt Barzell, you uh, I guess we should tease who we got on the 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 episode. We got I guess you've already seen it in the title. There's no teasing, but uh, we got Reese Harsh, the old. Uh, Seattle Thunderbird, Winnipeg Ice, and Saskatoon Blade. Reese Harvey. It's funny because um, <clears throat> we did the interview last week, but what was it? I don't know. It must. It was only a couple days ago. I feel maybe it was on the weekend, Saturday. I can't remember. Went out to Earl's with uh, a couple of the guys there, and and then we ended up going. Uh, Tyrell, he knew one of the guys at uh, at the den, and I didn't know who, but I'm like the den. Like they had the other sitting there having drinks. Okay, so we went to go sit and have drinks there. And uh, sure shit, the guy we were having drinks with was also with Reese Harsh. So I, <laughs> so I saw Harshy and I was like, fuck, what's going on, buddy? 
And so we, so we sat and talked for a bit or whatever. And I mean, it was funny seeing him. I'm like, man, I haven't seen this guy in, in years. And now I've like interviewed him and hung out with him all in the same week. So it was a good one with Harshi. I don't know. He, he loved to talk. He, he had plenty of stuff to say, which is amazing. Cause yeah. I know when we were younger, he wasn't exactly like a motor mouse. Dude, when I played with him back in Midget, uh, he was the quietest guy on the team, and he had he the stories. This guy, he has tons of stories. Like, and he went into such depth. Like, I really think you guys will like this. Get a look into the Western League and what it's like for a guy to, you know, like a guy who was a late round pick to make the team and and then make a run, win a, win a championship, play three, four years. Four years, yeah. Four years in the WHL. Uh, it was actually – it was really good. Like, and re, let me tell you. He's played with a lot of good players, Played too. with some amazing players. Like, he played with Ethan Bear, uh, Matt Barzal, Kirby, Kirby Dock, Dock, Peyton Krebs. There's probably more that I'm forgetting, but just some really good – like, all those guys are first-round picks. So, Or Bear might have been a second-round pick, but still. Obviously, he's playing for the Oilers, but – you guys, you guys will really like this one. We're not going to send it over quite yet. We still got to talk about the West, but uh, then we'll send it over. Normally, we kind of send it over fairly quick, but uh, with all the playoffs. games, it's playoffs. With all the games, like we feel like there's too much time in between episodes if we don't talk about it both episodes. But before we move on to the West, I will just say Ernie's is still having – Ernie Sports Expert, that is, not your random neighbor, Ernie. Ernie Sports Experts in Grand Prairie, Alberta, and Fort St. John, B.C. are still having that free skate sharpening. So take your skates in there, guys. Uh, hockey's going to start right away. It's right around the corner. I know everything's postponed, but they're having lots of those. Uh, like, I know the AJHL's having that developmental thing, and uh, I know there's lots of hockey camps and stuff going on. And also – with the AJHL having that developmental thing, whoever their trainer is, if you're listening to this, if you don't want to sharpen all the boys' skates, just take them to Ernie's. Get them, tell them the mad specialist sent you. Boom. You got 30 pairs of skates sharpened. You didn't have to lift a finger. And while you're at Ernie's, whoever is taking their skates there, they got, oh, man, they have so much stuff going on. I'm going to list off, like, four or five of these deals because they have that tent sale still. So – they got a thousand, over a thousand men's hoodies at forty nine ninety nine, over a thousand men's tees at nineteen ninety nine, over a thousand kids tees at fourteen ninety nine, and a ton of clothing that's all fifty percent off. Ladies stuff, men's stuff, kids stuff. So just get in there, check that ten sale out. I always find a couple things I like in there, and oh, you know what? I'm just gonna go a little Ernie's rant here. I went in there for the first time since they started sponsoring us, and they got her all re. They got her all redone yeah, I in know, there. I don't know what the hell I was doing in there one day. I, I went know. in there and I like confused. Yeah, it was crazy. They look like a pro hockey life. I love it. They're just up in their game, and we love Ernie's. We know you guys love Ernie's, so get in there, get that skate sharpening, and I'm gonna stop pumping their tires now, even though I love. Them. Yeah, I just had to mute my microphone so I didn't cough during the middle of that ad. Um, but, yeah, go check out Ernie's. We're always grateful for the support they gave us um, and all the support they gave around the Peace region. So go get those free skate openings. Check out the tent sale. And if you're in Fort St. John, same, same rules apply to you guys. There's no actual tent, but there is a tent sale. So 
go check that out. Um, heading to the West, we'll touch on, I guess, yeah, the Dallas and Calgary series, which I'll tell you, it's been, I've only caught a little bit of it, but from what I've watched, it's been some pretty good, pretty good hockey. And I am pleased to say the Dallas Stars are up three to two. <laughs> yeah. I'm not pleased to say the Dallas Stars are up three to two. I want to see Calgary at least get to the second round. Same with Vancouver, but uh, game six is tonight. Dallas maybe takes them in six, but I'd love to see that one go the distance. Of all this, there's only, I guess there's four series left that could go the distance. I don't really care about either of those East ones going the distance. I really want to see both the Vancouver and the Calgary Dallas go to the distance. Um, Calgary has been without Matthew Kachuk. That's a big hit. I think that's a big reason why they've been struggling the last couple games. They had to shift the lines around with that guy out, and he is a difference maker. So it's tough to have him out of the lineup. Mind you, St. Louis, or that's a completely different series. Never mind. What do you got on Dallas? I know you you're pumping the Stars tires, Libby. I always like Dallas because I, I like Sagan. I like Ben. I love John Klingberg. He's looked really good this series. Um, so is that Heiskanen. Heiskanen's always – I think that's a guy I want as, as on, on my team. He just buzzes around out there. Um, no, Dallas looked good in that in their last win there. They uh, there's I was watching that one too, the, that, that overtime game. Or was that what I was watching uh, – that's one I was watching with you. Um, you were recording our, our Zoom call, and it was it was just like they were they were buzzing all over the flames. Like they were in the offensive zone, they were taking them over, and that's the stars I I expect to see. Like that's the stars that I think that are such a good team. And uh, I don't know. I think that they're if they can keep that momentum going. I know I've said that momentum thing about the Leafs a hundred times. Keep the momentum going, it'll be good, and never pans out. But, like, if the Stars can keep the momentum going, I think they should be able to to get through the Flames, no problem. Yeah, I agree. I, you know what The one of the most underrated – well, maybe not underrated, but one of the things that the Stars did that I didn't really appreciate the, at the time and I kind of brushed it off that I'm starting to see now in the playoffs was the signing of Pavelski and Perry. Because if you're going to go out and get – two older guys to come in and sign them both. I think they both got three-year contracts. You couldn't have picked two better older guys. Like, both of them still contribute like crazy. Like, there's a reason they call him Scory Perry. Pavelski had a hat trick, I'm pretty sure, the other day. Did he not? Yeah, and he's known for being one of the best uh, tippers in the league. And exactly. I... So put him in front of the net. Actually, they had Corey Perry in front of the net. The little worm puts the pucks in, like, like that when he thread that needle for that uh, five, was it the overtime five four winner back door to oh man, I don't remember who scored uh, oh no Alexiak scored the game winner when he thread that needle like that's just classic Corey Perry and he was yeah. always the guy I like to watch he's he's so fun works hard um, yeah that was two like just underrated moves at the time that you see pan out now I really like them yeah I always liked those signings at the beginning just because I mean. They're obviously on the decline of the last half of their career, but they're still, like, those are proven guys that contribute to a team. So if you could get those – one of those guys, let alone both of them in your locker room, especially for a team like Dallas, who I don't think always ever had that depth beyond Sagan and Ben, I think that's probably good for your roster. Yeah, definitely. Let's move over to the other series that could go the distance and by far my favorite series to watch, um, Vancouver-St. Louis. Uh, when that matchup first came out, I kind of – underrated I, I did kind of 
I didn't think it was going to be as good as it is, but Vancouver's electric. St. Louis is still their classic uh, championship Braden Shen, team. Braden Shen's awesome. I love Braden Shen. <laughs> yeah, like, that's did. a guy I'd want on my team. He just has so much heart, and he just that guy wants to win. I agree. He he, he works his balls off out there. I love Ryan O'Reilly too. Just just lo- especially when he's succeeding, like he just loves playing hockey when he's having fun out yeah, there. Yeah, he's a play- and- he's a playoff guy. Petrangelo, other than him getting undressed in that last game without his Tyler stick. Mott. That was sick. Yeah. He had two goals that game, Tyler Mott. But I took Vancouver in the series, and I might get it because they're electric. They're electric right now. And Bo Horvat playing like a beauty. I think he is another low-key one of my favorite players. In the league. There are so many good players. Like, it's hard to not cheer for all these guys. Like, um, and Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser, Elias Patterson, they're just so good. Tyler Mott, like you said, I mean, he's a fourth liner, but he's playing. Josh, right? Josh Levo. Troy Stetcher. Is he playing, though, Levo right now? I have no idea. Levo's my boy. I, I don't think he's in the lineup, but he, he, Levo is my boy. Good Babcock. That's here. a guy Babcock just didn't want to put in the lineup. So that's why we, it's a good thing we fired him. But, yeah, gr- great series. Uh, Jacob Markstrom looks awesome in net. Uh, Jake Allen actually playing for the Blues. You got to think that maybe they go back to Bennington for game six after that third period collapse. Or was it second period? Whatever. They collapsed both. last game. What do you think? Yeah, no, and they got that They got that lead, and they were looking good. And I was like, yeah, this one's over. St. Louis has got this. And then, yeah, they just collapsed. Vancouver has a lot of fight in them. Uh, Tyler Motch, he looks sneaky good, kind of. I never really thought much of him. He just has the name of a fourth liner. Um, <laughs> but, no, I like like I said, I want St. Louis to win it. I, I've never been – I'm not a fan. Like, we were talking about this before. I'm, I'm not a fan of uh, – <laughs> as bad as this sounds, I'm not a fan of Canadian teams doing well in the postseason, especially if the Leafs aren't in it. Like, I just – I don't know if it's because I just love the Leafs so much. I, I know it sounds like such a poor sportsmanship fan, but – once the Leafs are out, I'm just kind of annoyed that the Leafs aren't in it anymore. I start rooting for uh, rooting for the off season. <laughs> rooting for so you <laughs> should hope that St. Louis gets booted out then, so that the Leafs can start looking at Petrangelo. Yeah, but then I got to listen to Canucks fans for at least another four games. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, well we'll move in. Let's move into Vegas, Chicago. We'll save the the thromping for last. Uh, I like that series a lot, too. Uh, it, like, Vegas dominated. They won 4-1. But I like that Chicago team. In a couple of years, they're going to be right back where they were. I love those young kids on their team. And they still got Kane and Taves, who haven't really skipped a beat. I, I know Taves doesn't get quite as many points as he used to, but he's still the leader he was. I don't know. I think uh, – I don't know. Chicago will do something, though, because, I mean, yeah, like, two, three years, they may be where they are, but two, three years from now, Taves and Kane are two, three years from where they are right now. So Yeah, that's um, fair. I mean, they got they got some good guys on that team. Like, I love that Kirby Doc. I think he's got the best name in the NHL. <laughs> um, and Corey Crawford, they're going to have to do something probably to replace him. Like, he looked good in playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but I, I just don't see how many years that guy's got left. Vegas looks like a wagon. They got so oh. many. They got so many offensive threats. Like you can just the list goes on with. They're so deep. Marchesso to Smith to Alex Carlson Tuck. to Tuck to Patrick Like 
the, the list goes on. Um, Didn't even mention Mark Stone. Like, holy. Yeah, exactly. See, like, so, like, the names are endless. They got two stud number one goalies. So, I think, I think <laughs> Vegas has Vegas has the potential to go to, uh, really far here. I think. Yeah, don't like it, their de- their defense are just like sneaky good too. Like, like Nate Schmidt's not an all star by any means, but he's he's consistent back there. Same, that's the same with Braden McNabb. Shea Theodore. Shea Theodore. He's probably he's definitely their best offensive defenseman. But they picked up Alec Martinez from LA too, and uh, just a great pickup from uh, for a, a certified Stanley Cup champ two times to come in. Game winner goal. Uh, yeah, he did. He had the the overtime Stanley Cup winner, but like I like, and I just love their their fourth line. Like this is uh, Ryan Reeves, who just gives it his all the time. Chandler Stevenson, who I mentioned earlier in the podcast, is just an absolute water bug out there. He just moves around. He's a stud power forward. I love watching him play. Did he win it with Washington or did? Yeah, yeah, he did. Okay, that's what I thought. And. Uh, Will Carrier, he's great too. Like, just I that the fact that that is their fourth line, and I mean, not that there are any big names, but they just are playing so well. Like, like oh, I just can't get enough of them. Look, listen to these first two lines: Pacioretty, Carlson, Stone. That's your first line. Here's your second line: Marsha Schultz, Stastny, Smith. Like, just deep as hell. It's gonna be them or Colorado coming out of the West. So. Speaking of Colorado, they laid an absolute licking on the Phoenix Coyotes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know, Phoenix. That was embarrassing. I felt bad for Darcy Kemper. Like, the one guy who's been battling for you, and they laid him out to dry. Like, I'm not – I mean, he could have maybe had a couple saves, but you're not telling me that that team did not just absolutely give up. That was pathetic. Yeah, man. Uh it's like game one happened and then game two. So they were down two nothing and out and, and they were in them. Like they didn't play well. They, they didn't have a, a lot of shots, but the score didn't seem like they were completely out of it. So then they win one. Uh, and game, obviously Kemper stole that game for him, but I was still for a second, like, Oh wow. They might actually, you know, kind of be in it. Maybe win two or like be close. And then <laughs> nope, they get pumped. Seven to one in back to back games and that's so you just see Colorado assert their dominance. Like they're so fun to watch too, like Nate McKinnon and Kadri and even like they got those uh, under underrated um like Zadorov and uh what's that Burakovsky. Yeah, uh, what's that D man, Gerard? Gerard, Makar, obviously. Ian Cole, is he not there? He's a Stanley Cup champ twice over with the Penguins. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good team over in Colorado. I think they might be looking like the cup favorites after that first round, that's for sure. Yeah, I think with the Colorado Avalanche, you're looking at the next Chicago Blackhawks dynasty. Like modern Very day m- modern day dynasty, I should say. If I had a hot take, I'll tell you they'll win three cups in the next six years because the fact that they were, I believe, the third lowest cap this year and they still have the team they do blows my mind like and the pickups they made just great pickups don skoy nichuskin or however you say that name comfer burakovsky just 
disgustingly good pickups for almost nothing. Nieto, he's been playing great. Uh, just great team all around. I actually really hope they win the cup. I'd love to see Kadri lift that over his head. Former Leaf Nazim Kadri. Yeah, and then uh, I guess the only thing I have for the rest of the episode is the Toronto Raptors are going to win the NBA championship again, up to nothing in their series. They, I mean, they look good in game one. I was blue leading game two, but they won up to nothing. And the Lakers, they well, I'll start with the box. Box looked bad. They, they lost stink. to the, I think probably the worst team in the playoffs. They were the Orlando Magic, so they look bad. Um, but and then the, yeah, the Lakers they. I mean, I don't think Portland can – I still don't think Portland's winning the series, but, man, they – Portland or L.A. doesn't look good. If Portland wins tonight and goes up 2-0, they're going to sweep the Lakers. No, I don't think that. If you got LeBron, LeBron's not getting swept. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you right now. If they win tonight and if the Lakers don't tie it up at one, they're going to sweep them. All right, that's uh, Basketball Insider, Brandon Volman. <laughs> I've actually I've – watched, I've watched probably six basketball games since the playoffs started. Yeah. I, I've, been, I've been really enjoying it as well. It's, and it's, good, it's good stuff. I've even been listening to it on the radio. I listened to the entire Denver Nuggets-Utah Jazz game where the Nuggets got absolutely pumped by the Jazz um, on the yeah, radio. I, I listened on the radio, man. That's yeah, a that's, dedi- that's, that's dedicated. I'm dedicated to this podcast. This is a sports podcast, not just a hockey podcast, which means I have to up my knowledge on all sports, except maybe baseball, because I still find it extremely hard to watch. Yeah, on TV, definitely. on TV, on TV. Love baseball in person. Hard to watch on TV. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. So, I don't have too much more. Uh, again, just want to thank Oliver's and Ernie's, our two main sponsors. Uh, what else do I want to tell you guys? Maybe, I guess we let you in. Probably saw something a little new on, uh, what do you call that? What is it called where you look at, like, where you're looking at the song? Like, what when it, like, has a little square, like, you know, it's got the picture and it says the name of the song. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about or where you're going with this. Like, like the album. Like, what's that called? A cover? Like the cover. But is that called the same thing for a podcast? Are you talking about, like, the artwork? Yeah. The, is it just artwork? Is that what you call it? Yeah. Okay. Well, we got new artwork. That We're going to go with that for our logo. We won't be switching it up. And if we ever make any t-shirts, I think it'll be cool because we've got, like, four four guys on there from the four sports we like to cover here. And... Maybe, we, you know, if you want the basketball guy, you get the basketball guy. Maybe, like, right on your on the pocket or something. And we got another, what, two weeks till we're back in Edmonton. We'll be setting up a, a studio, and we'll be getting some in-house equipment coming to you in HD. Oh, I'm excited. Um, I don't think audio comes in HD, but that was uh... – No, HD audio, yeah. It's a thing. I just made it up. Okay. Yeah, okay. anyway uh we've we've been a little busy lately uh it's tough when livy's crushing pizzas or not crushing pizzas making slaving over pizzas making them at ramona's and i work during the day it kind of it kind of doesn't correspond with each other so once we're back in school and we got some more time and 
we'll, we'll be coming at you uh, a little hotter than we have been. But I think it's been good still. Like, we're pretty no- – like, I don't know. Yeah, I got no problems. I think everything's fine. I don't think anyone knows that we have busy schedules, so we're all right. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe you guys all didn't right. know any of that, so just throw it out the window. Keep we are busy, just like you guys. Everybody's busy. This world is busy. We should all just slow down. Crack a beer, watch a basketball game, watch a hockey game, slow down. I'm signing off. This is Landon Volman, Captain's Log, uh, August 20th, 2020. See you later. Love you. Yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. We're just going to cut it over to Reese Harsh right now for the interview. I'm not, Landon's rambling on. He's, uh, he's had a long day. So, uh, oh, yeah, we got to go to Harshy. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Reese Harsh. Sorry, Reese. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I totally forgot I had to send it over to Harsh. Yeah, we have a, still have an interview to give out. <laughs> Good thing you remembered. I probably sound <laughs> like a meatball. That was funny. <laughs> Okay, today we welcome on a four-year WHL veteran for the Seattle Thunderbirds, the Saskatoon Blades, and the Winnipeg Ice. He actually won the WHL championship with the Seattle Thunderbirds, along with his good friends Matthew Barzal and Ethan Bear. We'll talk about that, let me tell you. Uh, (laughs) Reese is from Grand Prairie, played a few years with both myself and Dalen. So we're happy to have him on the podcast, and he has some disgusting flow right now. Reese Harsh. Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me out. How are you guys doing? Doing good, Reese. I, I never thought you uh, – you never had long hair growing up, eh? No, I usually kind of kept it short until mid-hockey season that I like to grow it out. I was kind of scared to grow it out uh, when Mana was the coach, actually. I thought he'd always make me cut it. kind of scared me a little bit, so – Oh, yeah. Yeah, now I just kind of keep it long, let it do its thing, whatever, kind of. That's hilarious. You were scared of me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy scared me so much. I know, he did. He he is an intimidating dude, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, every time I was, I was telling Wolski that earlier, any time I was in the room with Mana, I would just be, like, fucking shitting myself, man. Like, I was just so worried. But then, oh, like, yeah. I had Mana at, uh, like, the Academy or Edge or whatever it was called. And he was like the like a completely different guy. Like he was like, "Oh, hey, Livy, what's going on, bud? Like, how are you doing?" It was just like, okay, there's like normal mana, and then there's like coach mana. Yeah, yeah. Away from the rink, you're like, "Oh, yeah, you can have a conversation with the guy." But as soon as you show up to the rink, you don't even want to make eye contact with him. Harsh, were you in the room when, uh, like, we did that, that dedication thing back in midget, and uh, T dedicated playoffs to his grandpa or whatever. And then oh, I said I something, I said something, and then Mana yelled at me. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I was in there. I can't remember what you said, but I was in there for that, yeah. Holy cow, I had never been so scared in my life. <laughs> I love Mana, don't get me wrong, great guy, but I was so scared. Is that the same oh, weekend yeah. uh, JP quit? No, 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 no. I thought that was in this. JP quit way room. before that. JP quit, like, oh, man, like 10 games in? Yeah, yeah, it was close. Yeah, isn't that something? Hey, name your captain and have him quit. Yeah, he he quit, and then I remember that game we played Southside, and we were up like five nothing on him, and then we they just came back and won like seven six or something like that. Oh, we just <laughs> That's a classic GP moment. Eh? Oh, I know. 
Oh yeah, Reese. Right. Uh, we played uh, we played Bantam together. Um, I want to ask, like, how was how was that first year of GPAC hockey for you? I know, I know, you didn't win much, but I had a blast. Yeah, I mean, for me, <laughs> uh, it was. I don't know. It was. It was kind of a tough year. Uh, I've always kind of struggled jumping up to the to the next level. My first year, always, especially. So, I mean. Fuck! It kind of just went to show. I, I had zero points in thirty games. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to mention it. But um, I remember. I remember in, in, at the end of the season when we had that exhibition game against the Mid AAA girls, and I fucking I fed you in the slot, and you buried one, and that was just like, there you go, boys. It's first of the year. I know. I know. I mean, I tell that story a lot. I tell it to like kids or even just some of my buddies about how I had zero points, and they kind of just look at me like, dude, like you have to try to get like to not get any points like that's pretty hard to do like even like how do you not get like even like a second assist somewhere i know like just a lucky bounce just in front of the net just nothing you just looked up on elite prospects and just zeros across the board (laughs) literally you just gotta throw it at the net and hope it hits someone (laughs) i know so did you take did you take that like that first year's motivation then like kind of like just to start getting yourself more consistent and like more prepared for that first year always yeah, yeah, I kind of, I didn't really want to have a year like that again, obviously. I mean, no one wants to have a year like that. And then throughout the next year, like just that whole summer, I, uh, well, I kind of, goes with my height and my weight and stuff. My first year Bantam, I was 5'8". My second year Bantam, I was six foot two. So I grew a lot and I grew into my body. My trainer at the time, which was Malakoff, helped me a lot. I gained probably wasn't the best way to gain weight but he had me eating two cheeseburgers every day so <laughs> no way like, that's yeah, unreal i gained probably about 20 pounds from that and yeah it was i mean it was it was got to the point where it was kind of gross because i was just at the canteen every day just mucking two cheeseburgers and <laughs> that's really actually happy. awesome that's the best yeah. story ever man i'm gonna st- i'm gonna ask mally about that later because that's so yeah funny. I had to. His his memo was, I know it gets tough, but when you think you're full, take three more bites. That's what's <laughs> okay, so, so Mally and Trevor, my brother-in-law, are like really good buddies. And that's funny because Trevor used to tell me the same thing when I lived with him in Bantam. When you're full, eat five more bites, he'd say. Yeah. And that's so funny. I didn't realize they both said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mally. So- yeah, I just kind of came with that, and then I, I, I obviously didn't have the best year, so I needed to get on the radar somehow. So I went with Maz to uh to a few camps and stuff, and ended up playing pretty good to start the season. Uh, there's that stupid website that kind of ranks players on if they're gonna get drafted or not. It's just a money grab type of thing. That, but, is that uh, that Western Hockey Prospect or whatever on Twitter there? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's just a money grab. Like, those rankings are dumb, but I got my name on there, and I was pretty pumped just to kind of realize that I got noticed, and then, yeah, kind of just took it from there. Well, you definitely got noticed because that year you got drafted in the eighth round at one at number 170. So did you think you were going to get drafted? Uh, before the draft, I had a, or before Alberta Cup, I would say, I had a few teams telling me I would go – in probably around the fourth, fifth round. And then after Alberta Cup, I put up decent points. I think I had like three and five games, but my play was just not good at all. And then after that, I didn't hear from many teams. Then after, on draft day, after the fifth round pass, I was just like, 
oh boy, here we go. And I kind of just, once the seventh round came, I just turned it off. I was like, I'm not watching this anymore. And then uh, I was, I was kind of being a bad student. I uh, was just walking around the halls in school and I entered uh, <laughs> Bowman's class actually. And I walked in there and he's like, dude, you just got drafted by Seattle. And I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so Bowman is actually the first one to tell me, believe it or not. Yeah, he found out before you did. <laughs> yeah. So did, did did so did they give you a phone call that day then, just being like, "Hey, like, welcome to the team" type deal? Or honestly, no, I didn't hear anything from them for about two months. Holy! And then, yeah, about a week before camp, I got a, a package in the mail saying like, "Congratulations!" They gave me a few hats, a few shirts a track suit and then they just said thought uh in the letter it said i thought you would need some swag for camp so, <laughs> yeah so, so you roll, like, roll oh, up to your wait. first day of camp and you just got full track suit on <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much i just went with the classic polo and some shorts and i mean i it was kind of didn't know what to expect or anything i walk in there and i think the first 20 kids i seen were just wearing normal street clothes and i was like oh i'm making myself look like an idiot right now like yeah fuck. standing out like a sore thumb when, yeah like when you used to wear your tra- your new triple uh, a tracksuit on the first day of school yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that's hilarious what uh, yeah. what made you just uh, decide to get rid of the black and orange gloves cuz i always thought that those gave you some magical powers yeah i mean i think i <laughs> I think I got rid of them going into my Bantam year. I I did not want to. I was I was pretty choked about it, but you know Wade Wallen was pretty uh <laughs> pretty hard on the dress code and how we had to have the same colored gloves and the helmets and stuff like that. So, so did you yeah. have Wade for both years about him? Yeah, yeah. And I did. Did, did, what like what do you think of him as a coach? Did you like him? Uh my first year I. I didn't mind him a whole lot. I mean, looking back at it, there was really only one thing that kind of made me mad, and it was when we played uh, Southside. And uh, uh-huh. we, were, we were losing. Going into the third period, it was like 14 nothing or something like that. And uh, Wade pulled me aside, and he's like, hey, Reese, like, I'm going to – like, you're not going to play for the third period. We want to keep it respectful. And that, 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 that right there, I was, I was pretty mad because it was 14 nothing. like, Respect, I, I, respect was gone eight goals ago. Hundred so, like, <laughs> percent. I, 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 I remember that game because I remember he he sat like Jack, Kyle, you like yeah. he sat like six guys in a game where we're getting thumped fourteen nothing. Like I don't, you can send out your top line. Like our top line is worse than Southside's fourth line at that time. Like it didn't make a difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that part, honestly, that was probably kind of my turning point. After that, like with training and stuff, I kind of use it as motivation because it. I don't know. It just it didn't sit right with me. And then yeah, whenever I was like in the gym or if I was just couldn't lift, I would just think of that and just think how mad I got and just pump out some reps, pretty much. So what does he do you like him better that? Do you like him better that second year? Yeah, the second year it was a lot better. I kind of I turned into a whole different player, and I kind of gained his his respect from tryouts. I kind of dominated tryouts and stuff, and yeah, it was just gained some more respect from him. And then ever since tryouts it was just you know if there was a power play and we were going to start our second unit me and Maz would just go up to him and be like hey Wade like we want out and he would just let us out whenever we wanted so it was yeah. a lot better that way so what wait hold on what did he mean by uh keep it respectful so he sat all the rookies 
No, he sat basically all the guys he thought were like bottom pairing or third or fourth line guys. Cause he figured if he just sent out our top six and top three D men that we would maybe not get scored on in the third period. Yeah. But they That's still scored, ridiculous. I think three or four more. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a bad game. Yeah. But it, yeah, gave it was some great. motivation. Yeah. But it was yeah. great though, because we had the whole city of Grand Prairie in that building watching us get our asses handed to us. Yeah. The Tyler Benson show. That was honestly probably one of my, that would have been my first point of the year. I went to go, uh, Stretch someone for a breakout pass and Benson took it and came down, <laughs> yeah. buried on us. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I remember playing that game and just thinking to myself, like, okay, this guy is uh, it's the best hockey player I've ever seen, like, bar none, and he shouldn't even be playing against Bannon kids. Like, it's not even oh, fair. Oh, no. I just I remember walking in the room for game two, and Wade was like, all right, Tyson Mason, like, our goalies are like. Who do you like? Who wants to play? And they're arguing because they didn't want to go in the net. <laughs> <laughs> that's I was like, like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. That's, yeah. same, that's also the same year where we uh, we gave our MVP of the team to Tyson Walker, and I think he had a goals against of like seven or six. Yeah, yeah. I was, hey, yeah. but it, he kept it respectable. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's the most <laughs> important part. Okay, so then uh, when you went to Seattle in your rookie year, which ended up being a dream rookie year for anybody but uh did you think you had a crack at, sh- at that lineup at 17 or re- did you force your way in there uh I mean there was definitely a spot open but it would be uh kind of the playing time that was going to be uh, a minimum and uh I went in there and uh so like little story behind it it's uh we do uh fitness testing and always whenever we do fitness testing it's just the hottest day in Seattle it's like plus 35 and we go to the track and we have to run a mile and then we after the mile we have to sprint 400 meters 300 200 100 and then we're done and I mean I have I have asthma it's not a huge excuse but it always gets (laughs) me and uh so we start running the mile and right before I'm just thinking I'm like all right I'm gonna kill this like I have to do good here. Like, if I don't get this, like, if I don't make this team, I'm not going to play in the dub. There's no way. And so we, like, start going. We did, like, a little warm-up lap. And right away, halfway through the warm-up lap, I got a cramp. And I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> and then and then he's like, all right, group one, like, let's go. And we blow the whistle. And, I mean, I was, I was struggling hard. Like, I was sucking wind. I was at the back of the pack. And it ended up people were running the mile in like 5.30, 5.50, and I think I took 7.30. Like, I was like two minutes behind some guys. And I was just like, oh, boy, here we go. And then kind of throughout camp, I played super good. I was physical, kind of did what they wanted me to do, and then they ended up registering me for school. And kind of at that point, I was like, okay, I'll be here for at least a little bit. And then uh, the first couple games of the season, we did not have any of our – top end players and we just got destroyed we were last place in the league through like the first eight games or something like that and uh so the first three games were road games and I played all three it was like dash three and three games just not a good start to the career and then uh home opener came around and I walked into the rank in the morning and I didn't see my number on the board and I got scratched for it like the one oh, game that brutal. you really want to play yeah, yeah. and I was they were just announcing the team, and I was standing on the bench beside uh, Steve Conowalchuk, the coach. He's like, yeah, we just want to see some different players play. We'll get you in. And luckily enough, the way it turned out is we got absolutely destroyed. It was like 8-1. Oh, 
and then our defense was just bad and right after that game the next game against Victoria they put me second D pair and I played unreal pretty out of my element if I'm being honest and right from that moment on until the trade that happened at Christmas time I was second D pairing for the first half of the year so yeah. Yeah, probably a good game that you didn't get in that 8-1 game then hey like it was actually probably a blessing in disguise oh yeah yeah huge blessing because I wouldn't have got the opportunity if that wouldn't happen uh question that I've always kind of had just like because you went to like a whole new country is it like you got a, is it like a kind of more of a process just to get over there and play and uh what was it like like going to an American school oh uh, the American school it was it was definitely different my school for sure because uh it was weird. Usually high schools are big into kind of basketball sports, but ours was huge into baseball. Okay. So it was kind of like that. And so baseball, that was kind of odd. And then, you know, when you walk into high school and like, you can tell who the, the popular kids are, like kind of who like the skids are and stuff like yeah. that. When you walk in, you couldn't tell, like everyone was friends with everyone. There was like no groups besides like the anime groups kind of yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. besides the weirdos eh? yeah yeah, <laughs> Wait, yeah. i, I want to go back because you said that uh, the asthma story but now it made me think of do you was that you harshi that uh back in midget in calgary when we lost to the bisons when mana ran us in our equipment yeah is that you that we had to, like, pretty much drag to the finish line? Yeah, I, I could not make it. Like, it was – my asthma especially acts up in cold weather, and we are just running in full gear. And, like, the boys could have made it, but I was slowing them down. And then I was like, man, I like, like, there's no way I'm going to make this. He's like, all right, sit out. And then you guys went, like, three more times, and you guys finally got it. And then after – like, I got on the bus and stuff, and Matt, he felt so bad. He called me to the front of the bus. He's like, man, like, I know you have, like, asthma. I didn't mean to push you that hard. I was like, no, it's fine. Like, <laughs> it's no big deal. I mean, you didn't have to run us, but. Yeah, dude. Did we get crushed? I don't remember how bad it was. I don't think it was too bad. I think it was just the way we played. It was, like, 7-3, uh, but it was just, we just got dominated. Yeah. And then, runs yeah, us in our quid the goalies are in their pads man and it's like yeah, you, you're expecting brutal. them to run this far in 30 seconds they have their pads on <laughs> i know i just remember looking back and all the parents like the other team they're just filming watching i was like oh this is embarrassing you're gonna see you're gonna see this on uh twitter later and it's gonna yeah, blow up. Exactly. no it wasn't anything like that let the record show neither harsh and i we're are mad about that because you know what we have to say that in the day and age where everybody gets canceled yeah yeah exactly i mean at the end of the day mana he pushed us to our limits it's because he had such high expectations for us so yeah i mean he knew that we should have won that game or we should have done better and i mean it's kind of that's that's kind of the shitty part about the game changing nowadays if that happened this year like that coach would be gone yeah, exactly. That, yeah, that's the We that don't need people going after mana eight years in the future. So don't <laughs> yeah, go exactly. after mana. Exactly. Anyway, let's go back to Seattle. I just wanted to bring that up because let's see if you remember <laughs> that. I'm just curious, uh, like on your first year, so like being a rookie in the dressing room, what's it like being a rookie in like a WHL room and were, they, were the guys pretty good to you? Or Yeah, they were, they were pretty good. I definitely 
definitely had to gain kind of respect right off the bat. Uh, I mean, it was, it was pretty hard to do that, especially with not having our top players at the beginning of the year because we were so bad. But kind of just led by example, kind of with my play and stuff and starting to play better is starting to, you know, gain more respect from the other players and stuff like that. But it was pretty good. I mean, there's nothing, nothing too kind of outrageous about the year and no like crazy we actually didn't have rookie initiation or anything like that believe it or not uh and yeah it was it was just good just basic duties load the bus kind of clean the room vacuum wash the logo kind of stuff like that kind of typical stuff logo. yeah 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 wait, pretty wait, typical. Wait, wait. what what do you mean wash the logo where where was it on the ground yeah yeah just in like the front of the room and the whole room it's uh like right in front of our stalls is carpet and then the rest of the room is kind of just that that material so it doesn't Uh, ruin your skates and stuff like that so yeah it would get scruffed up every once in a while and we had a a rug with our logo on it too for road games and stuff so we'd have to vacuum that steam clean it sometimes yeah (laughs) but uh i've always curious because i went to i went to seattle last uh september and i caught like a seahawks game and just got to chill out there uh, like how great of a city is like Seattle? I I I couldn't say I enjoy. Like, I would love to live there one day. Yeah, it was it was unreal. I mean, just we we're forty minutes from downtown, and there's so much to do. You got Pike Place, the Space Needle. I mean, go catch a Mariners game for twenty dollars. Like you can move anywhere. Mariners, like the stadium's sick. Then you go over to CenturyLink, and it's nasty. I mean, have you caught a Seahawks my- game before? Yeah, my uh, my billet dad actually got me tickets on my birthday. There, it was a wild card game against Detroit. Oh, unreal! Yeah, yeah. We be- Detroit up. made playoffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I, was I a long time ago. That was the first time though. Like I went into a building and like it took my breath away. Like when you first walk out, like I was up in the nosebleed. So I walk out and like you just see how big it actually is. It's crazy. And then like when the fans get roaring and get loud in there. It's literally yeah. like nothing I've ever been a part of. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't really sure what to expect or how loud it was. And then my, my billet dad, he's a huge Seahawks fan. He kind of told me the way they built the arena and the way they – well, the stadium and the way they built it is to keep the sound in. And that's why they call it the 12th man is because they make so much noise. They just – the other team can't hear the plays and they just fuck up all the time. Yeah, so they had like – well, they had like a – they have like a board on the screen and it was like the most false starts – um, so every time uh, like offense had a false start because it was so loud, they would add it to the board, and like they were the highest in the league for false starts by like twenty or thirty. Yeah, yeah, you can't hear a thing. I didn't realize how big football stadiums are though, because we Laura and I went in the summer, and it wasn't uh, like there's football season wasn't on, but we walked past it right because Safeco, or I don't think it's Safeco anymore, but whatever, was right beside it, and I was just like walking. Are we still walking past the football stadium? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's pretty cool too. To, uh, just the type of stuff, like how everything's right there downtown. I mean, both the stadiums are right beside each other, and I mean, Pike Place is right there. So many, there's so much history in that town. Yeah, you did never you ever do the underground tour? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, so sick, man. Yeah, so it's sick. so sick. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he didn't do city. it. I told him to do it, but he didn't. Hey, sorry. Hey, sorry that my uh, that my dad took me on a trip and I didn't get a call. Uh, all the shots. We got to okay. do so many fun things. Sorry, fair I enough. Do it fair all. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, uh, back, uh, yeah, I want to go back to uh, Thunderbirds and obviously ask you about uh, a pretty big superstar. Uh, what was it like playing with uh, Matthew Barzell and having him in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. I, I still remember to this day, I, I woke up in the morning and I was, you know, just do the daily kind of social media check. I went on Twitter and I seen uh, TSN posted back to the dub, Matthew Barzell. And I uh, screenshotted that and I sent it to my buddy, Zach Bannister. He's like, wow, that's huge for you guys. I'm like, yeah, we're going to win the league. And he's like, hey, it's, it's November. I wouldn't go that far. I'm like, no, man, just, just watch. And, yeah, just, like, obviously coming back from the NHL, he was such a professional already. And he's, he's been that way his whole career. He's a guy who likes to goof off and have fun. He likes to keep it loose. But, like, just the way he carries himself, the way he prepares, like, total professional. You couldn't ask for, like, a better guy to kind of role model and look up to for that. Did you no notice how, how sick he was, like, right away? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of noticed it. Our very first game, uh, we drove to Vancouver, and he's from uh, Quitlam. So we picked him up, uh, or we met him at the rink because we were playing the Giants. Actually, fun fact, uh, Jordan Chase was watching that game and talked to him after. (laughs) No way. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, we kind of get in the room, like, shake his hand and everything. I met him a few years back when I was 15. I I didn't even think this guy was going to remember my name. I was like, went up to him. I'm like, Hey, and I just reached out my hand. He's like, Hey, Harshi. I was like, yes, like, let's go. (laughs) And then, yeah, we like kind of get in the room and just watch his, his kind of pregame routine and warm up and just stick handling through all the pucks. And then in the game, I can't remember. We had, we did end up winning and I think he did have like two or three points, but it was, it was kind of like, he took it to another level. Like no one could touch him. He did cut back so many times Like he just controlled the play. And I was, I was just like, kind of just sat back. I th- honestly think I got benched that game. I just like sat back and watched. And I was just like, wow, like <laughs> this guy, why is this guy in this league? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then that same year, before we talk about the actual championship itself, you also played with Ethan bear, who is with the Oilers now, obviously. Um, did he look at that time like he looks now? Like, could you always tell he was going to be an NHLer? Uh, I kind of, kind of had a a feeling about that. Yeah. Cause I mean, he got drafted, I believe it was like the fifth round. And then his next year, his 18 year old year, he put up like 60 something points. Like he hit the 20 goal mark and I was like, okay, like this guy, like that was a steal of a pick. And then before uh so on our team before Barzell came back we had Keegan Colasar who was a third round pick to Columbus but he's now with Vegas and then we had Ryan Gropp who was a second round pick to the Rangers and uh it was just Gropp because Keegs had surgery I can't remember what it was so he missed a bit and through the first I think 10 games Bear had like 18 points and he was leading our team in points mm-hmm. and I was just like yeah like this guy's insane his i like, I was just one of those guys in practice, like, trying to get more ice time on the penalty kill and stuff. And I'd be on his flank, and he's taking one-timers. And I'm sacrificing the body to look good, but I just really did not <laughs> want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Eating Ethan Bear's slap shot. Yeah. I ate, like, three or four. And then, like, so one of the vets came up to me. It was actually my D partner at the time, Turner Ottenbright. And he was like, dude, like, you don't have to do that. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
Reeves yeah, is like, okay, I'm, I'm, not, do I'm not going yeah. down anymore. No way. Yeah, I just <laughs> moved out of the way ever since. So that championship run, then let's let's go through it because you sent the text. You said we're going to win the league. You had some pretty sick players, like you just said, four draft picks. Uh, like detail the run, and I mean, did you honestly think, or were you joking when you sent that text? No, I was I was pretty serious because at the time, uh, Ryan Grop, who went second round, he wasn't really producing a whole lot, and then. Uh, but him and Barzell, they played on the same line, like just good chemistry. So Barzell came back at the same time. Polisar came back. Our captain ended up signing like an NHL deal too. And another player from, uh, he was a captain of Denmark for World Juniors. His name is Alexander True. Like we had a, a pretty kind of underrated powerhouse lineup. And then, yeah, I kind of like pieced all the puzzles together. And I was like, yeah, like we're, uh, we're winning the league, and I was 100% serious. I believed on it ever since. And then we kind of got to Christmas time, and I knew we were going to make a trade. I just didn't know, like, what it would be like. And my last couple games before Christmas, I think I was just worn out from playing so much. I wasn't used to the schedule, the travel, and I was just awful. Like, I was – no bounces were going my way or anything. Like, there's one game in Prince George. They just scored an empty net goal to make it uh, 5-3. And uh, they put me on. We pulled the goalie again right off the faceoff, and I was on the ice for some reason. And our uh, captain, Scott Enzer, right off the faceoff, he was on the bench, and he just got dashed up, so he was pretty choked, and he broke his stick. And the stick went onto the ice, and the puck was over there, and I went to go uh -huh. grab the puck, and I stepped on the stick and fell. And they came down the other way and scored to make it 6-3. No so, like, no did no he, bounces were going my way. Did he ever say anything to you after that? Like, hey, sorry, Harshie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he apologized, and our coach shredded him apart, too. So, yeah, That's a tough he, luck he, when you're the captain, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was it was one of those games where Barzell just left for World Juniors, so we were kind of like, all right, like, we don't – like, he's obviously a huge part, but we're a good team without him, so we're trying to prove ourselves without him. So, yeah, so just a couple bad games, and – I think uh, the first day back on the 27th of December, we made a trade for two defensemen. So as soon as I seen that, I was like, okay, like third D pairing, here I come. So I just kind of <laughs> just straight on the third D pairing. And uh, it was, yeah, so just kind of, that was our only trade we ended up making. Didn't really give too much away for the two players that we ended up getting. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of soared from there and then uh trade deadline day trade deadline is at uh it's like i think it's three o'clock and we practiced at two and we had a game the next day so we just did like a little skate 30 minutes on the ice so we were off at like 245 and i'm just in the back we called it the the chill zone we were just in the back like on the couches and stuff and uh the coach comes back there and he's like hey harshi you want to come to my office Oh, no. I, was, I was like, oh, man, like my heart dropped. I was like, I'm getting sent home. Like this sucks. So I like go in there and like all the coaches are in there and stuff. And like the general manager, I'm like, oh, here we go. Like I was like, uh, I was like trying my best not to just like break down. I'm nervous for they... you listening to this story, man. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah. My heart would be just like, oh, Lord. I know. And especially because I wasn't playing too good either. And. I just like walked in there and they're like, Hey, Harshi, I, I, I know uh, this is probably 
like a little insulting right now, but uh, we totally forgot that it's your birthday or it was your birthday three days ago. And my, my, my wife makes cookies for everyone. So here, and he gave me like two boxes <laughs> of cookies. And I was no like, way. I just like sat back and I was in disbelief. And he's like, what, you don't want them? And I was like, no. And he's like, you look like you just seen a ghost. I was like, well, it's trade deadline day. And you just called me into your office like 30 <laughs> minutes before. And he's like, oh yeah, that has nothing to do with anything. We're done making deals. <laughs> I was like, horrible crap. timing, man. I like, I yeah. like how he has to have the whole staff and G- GM in there to give you some cookies. I know, yeah, everyone. They're just like, yeah, happy birthday, Harshi. And they just, like, complimented me on, like, how good I've done so far. And I was just like, all right. You think they planned that? You think they planned to mess with you? I don't know. I mean, they might have because the coaches messed with me a lot just because, I don't know, I'm not very street smart sometimes. So (laughs) they kind of – they messed with me a lot that way. And then, yeah, I was just like, thanks. I grabbed the cookies and – I opened the door to like the chill zone and stuff because that's where our lockers and stuff are. And I like poke my head through and all the boys are back there. They're all dead silent. They're on the couch and they're like, just stare at me. And then I walk in and I like have the cookies in my hands. They're like, Oh, and then they just, like, <laughs> grab the cookies out of my hands. The old, the old cookie trick. Yeah. We've yeah. Been there. I was like, Holy shit. One of the guys like, Oh, happened to me last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was that was probably the most nerve-wracking thing that's ever happened to me so far. And yeah, and then we uh, we went on a huge tear in the second half. We because we started off in the basement at the beginning of the year, so we had some catching up to do. And I think we went in the second half. We went on an eighteen or eighteen or twenty game home home win streak. So we were just unbeatable at home. Like we could not be beat and. We ended up uh, losing one of our last games, so we never got first place in the division. Everett did. So kind of going into playoffs, and we actually just lost to Tri-City too. So we were like, oh, boy, here we go. And, uh, yeah, so playoffs kind of roll around. Uh, we play, yeah, Tri-City in the first round, Remmer, obviously. Yeah, and, uh, and Remco. Yeah, we were missing uh, Matthew Barzell. He uh, he had an illness at the time, so he went out, and we are also missing uh, Keegan Colasar or no Ryan Groff to a concussion. So our two highest point getters we were missing, and at that point I was I was kind of on the fence of how we were gonna do or not if we were gonna win because Tri City was still a pretty solid team, and uh, the first game went by, and I think it went to overtime, and then you know I was still kind of skeptical if we could beat these guys without you know, our top players. And then game three, game two came around. We ended up winning. We went to Tri-City for game three and we just destroyed them. Like they, they didn't have a chance. And then by game four, it seemed like they were just checked out. So we ended up sweeping them uh, in four without our top players. Wow. And then uh, the second round, we played Everett, who was the first, they were the best team in the Western Conference that year. They had the best record, so they had home ice advantage. Was Carter Hart in net there at that time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carter Hart was in net, and he was he was still uh, only 18 at the time, so he just got drafted and stuff. So, obviously, time to develop. And he, uh, we, we had kind of had Everett's number the whole year, but we just weren't sure. Like, it was obviously going to be tight. And, uh, we, yeah, I mean, we – I'm not sure if Carter ended up getting pulled or not, but we kind of – 
we went after him a lot. We ended up doing, we do like an hour film session on every goalie before the series on both goalies, just like weakness and stuff. So we went through that and game one went by, we won there. Game two went by, we won. And then they came to, we call it the bird's nest. They came to Seattle and we just kind of knew that no one's beaten us in our rink. And we ended up taking game three and four. So we swept them too. And then at that point I was like, yeah, like, we got this, but Kelowna was also a powerhouse still. They had, you know, Nick Merkley. They had a bunch of sick players still. So kind of had to bring our A game for that. And uh, we ended up, I think we lost the first game in Seattle. So kind of, you know, lost our first game of the playoffs, put us on our heels a little bit. We were like, oh, like what's going on? Like we haven't lost in like three weeks now. So yeah. And then game two, we ended up winning. We went to Kelowna for game three when we lost. Game four, we won, so it was 2-2. And then we came back to Seattle for game five, and we ended up winning that too. And then, cool. yeah, then we had to go to Kelowna for game six. And it was kind of a different vibe in the room. Oh, keep in mind, uh, in game – oh, I think it was game six, yeah. Game six, so – right before the game like it was it was pretty nervous in the room like I don't know why we were nervous we were off like one went away and we're in the finals and uh yeah we were just kind of nervous and stuff like that and I mean I'm sure no one looks at it this way but halfway through the game uh I think it was in the honestly I think it was in the first period I took a stupid penalty and we were already on the penalty kill I took a stupid penalty we go down five on three and Kelowna has this guy. His name was uh, Reed Gardner. He oh, was just, he was nasty. Yeah, he was just a straight goal scorer. Probably one of the best shots I've ever seen. And he was cocky about it too. Like he'd come up to everyone and be like, "Dude, I should not be in this league." Like he was just a cock like that. And uh, so they, they, he had like 18 goals in 20 games in playoffs. So the, he was their go-to guy. And so they're just loading him up for one timers, and they take a one timer from his flank and bears he goes out to block it nails his wrist and broke his wrist oh and like i'm in the penalty box and like i'm seeing him go off to the bench and i'm just thinking in my mind like this Poor is Einstein. all my fault like this is all my fault i took the yeah. penalty like Poor i was freaking out yeah and then i go back to the bench and we killed it off and they're like yeah and i got moved up to first deep pairing and uh oh so i actually yeah. did get more ice time i was just yeah joking. yeah i actually <laughs> did get more ice time yeah, and then, uh, yeah, so they rushed him to the hospital to figure out what was wrong with him, and then we ended up uh, getting away with that one. I can't remember what the score was, but, yeah, then kind of did the trophy presentation and uh, Western Conference champs, and the year before, they made it to the uh, the finals, and they decided not to touch the trophy. Mm. And this year, they uh, Barzell went up to Steve, our head coach, and was just like, hey, like, what should we do? And he's like, honestly, it's whatever you guys feel like. So Barzell goes up, he shakes the guy's hand and stuff. And then we, we didn't know. And then he just picked up the trophy and turned around. We were like, oh, okay, here we go. Fuck yeah. That's yeah. sick. Yeah. So then we, uh, we drove back to Seattle that night. And then we pretty much had a week to prepare while we waited for the Regina series to be over. And at that point, uh, Ethan Bear's wrist was broken. So we, we found that out. And uh, the way the finals works is that we, we get to fly. So 
Oh, we got our own private plane. We flew out of uh, the Boeing place in Seattle. I'm not sure. You guys probably did buy that. That's so sick. Yeah. 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 So we had our own private plane flying to Regina. And uh, we kind of, we got Ethan, uh, like they got him a playing mask and stuff. So, or a playing cast. And uh, he was just taking some shots. Did not look good. Like pregame skate and stuff like that. And we're you know it's the finals we're pretty nervous and you know game one goes on Regina's sold out it's absolutely packed there's no standing room available there's over capacity like fans are I mean can- Canadian fans like when your yeah. team's in it they're they're intense what so. wasn't that their Honda season two or something no that was the next year oh next year. all right okay yeah 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 so game one goes around and right in the first period we got a power play and they're like bears you think you're good to go and he's like yeah i'm good i was like holy fuck like as if this guy's playing with a broken <laughs> wrist right now. and they had a little set play and it was just like barzell or it ended up being a four on three and barzell passed it over to bear and they were just in a box and bear let go an absolute bomb of a slap shot top shelf like picked the corner came right back out and I was just like, yeah, this guy, like, he's in it to win it. So we end up, like, kind of going throughout the game. It was pretty pretty back and forth. I We ended up blowing a lead, and uh, they ended up coming back. And it went to overtime. And then same thing, right off the bat of overtime, Ethan Bear took a slap shot, hit the crossbar, comes out, then our teammate buried it, and we were up one nothing. So that went by. And we were, we were pretty confident. We were like, all right, one one down, like, three to go like we got this and then uh game two rolls around uh they blow a lead this time we send it to overtime and one of our players got in a, a little scrum in overtime and he need the other guy in the balls <laughs> and uh and he ended up taking a penalty for that and then they came down and josh mahura ended up scoring to make it 2-2 that's or, uh, my uh, alberta cup teammate baby yeah 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 he scored he was he's nasty too one of he, the best yeah ever i remember <clears throat> when you were on alberta cup and like i think his dad might have been even a scout for pa like it was obvious this guy was getting drafted i remember sitting on the back of the bus and like like where do you think you're getting drafted like what do you think and he's just like i don't know dude i don't think i'm getting drafted and I'm like, Josh, yeah. you're the sickest hockey player I've ever seen. Like, you're you're going. Yeah, Wait, yeah. We're, uh, just... he, he didn't originally play for Regina, right? No, he was in Red Deer. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had a bit of a weird path, too. He ended up, he played for that Red Deer team who went to Mem Cup that year. And he, I, I don't know what injury he had, but he got injured and only played two games during the whole year. Oh, I remember that. It was like, yeah, yeah. second year. Yeah, yeah, just two games, then played all playoffs, all Memorial Cup, and ended up going, like, third round in the NHL draft still. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't even play the season. Get well, and then he'll, I bet you if it's not next year, it'll be the year after. He'll be he'll for sure be on that on that roster for the Docs, because I think he already got a few sniffs uh, this year. Didn't he play most yeah. of the year? No? Uh, I, I think it was, I, like, I, half and half. Yeah, yeah, he played a lot. Yeah, he's kind of the new-age defenseman, like, smooth skating offensive like he's yeah he's unreal yeah so yeah before we keep going how weird is it how many freaking alberta boys are on that ducks team yeah like steel mahura Rowney, uh gooley yeah a lot of yeah the edmonton area too 
But anyway, sorry, yeah. just want to interrupt with that because it <laughs> came, just came to my head. I had to blurt the thought out. Yeah. So yeah. So we lose that game, and we uh, the next day we. So how it works is like both teams they we end up sharing a plane. So the only reason we got our own plane to go there is because we had to go to Regina first because they had home ice. They were the best team in the league. So the way it goes is Regina loaded first and then it goes the referees and the media in the middle and we're in the back. So I put you in the same plane. Yeah. In the same plane. And it was in game one, I kind of missed out this part, but uh, my D partner's name's turn Ottenbright. Uh, he was end up going first line with bear, like throughout playoffs in the very, I think it was in the second period, Adam Brooks, who had 135 points, yeah. was coming down. And, uh, if, I mean, if you looked up Ottenbright hit on Brooks, you can see it. And he three-step crossovered him, and he just connects, like, shoulder. It was kind of shoulder to shoulder, but he pretty much knocked him out. And, uh, yeah, so we see, we walk by on the plane, and we see, like, Brooks sitting in the front row, and his face is just busted. Like, he... He didn't return for game one or game two, and he's on the plane still. So that was kinda... oh, he crushes him. <laughs> yeah, like it was bad. Yeah. Oh man, he plays yeah. for the Leafs now, Liv. No, yeah. he plays for the Marlies. Ah, uh, same diff. Leafs organization. Yeah. So I mean, that was uh, that was a huge kind of blow for those guys. And the worst part was it is that there was no penalty on the play. Oh. So. They I just search the- up uh, this Turner Ottenbright, and I literally get, I think, they're just all of uh, hockey fight videos. And there's, yeah, one, yeah. there's one where he fought, uh, he fought Tyson Helgeson and he fought Remmer. Yeah, yeah. The game where he fought Remmer, he actually fought two guys that game. Jesus. Yeah, I felt pretty safe when he was on the ice with me. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so we go back to Seattle, and our first game, you know, it's sold out. We have uh, – a chance so like all these people the fans have clappers and our rink is built for a whl team it holds like 6500 so it's not bad and uh they have these clappers and stuff and whenever we score it does like our goal song and then the goal song goes quiet and they all like smack their clappers and they go like portland sucks or the regina sucks (laughs) yeah and you got the whole crowd doing that so like it was electric sold out like no room at all and we ended up going in, and it was a tight game, but we ended up losing. We just didn't show up to play. And then the next game after that, uh, so we're down 2-1 in the series. The next game was the very next night, and it was a two-for-Tuesday, so cheap beer. So the fans were just rowdy. Like, we knew that we had to come out with a win, and you can't go down 3-1. It'd it pretty much be over. So we come out. I mean, guys, like, had hell of a nights. I mean, we just – Everything clicked. We ended up scoring. I can't remember what the final score was. It might have been like seven to three or seven to four. And yeah, we just kind of got away with that one, exploded with offense. And then we really needed to make sure we, we don't go back to Regina down three two. So our next game, our final game in uh, Seattle for the season, because we do a two three two yeah. in the yeah. finals. Yeah. So we, I think we ended up exploding again. I think we won like 8-4, 8-5 or something like that. Like our offense was just clicking. And, oh. and yeah, it was crazy. And then, yeah, we went back to Regina for game six. And uh, I think it was in the second period, exact same thing. Ottenbright 
exact or oh, Adam Brooks came back for this game too because do or die Regina's backs are against the wall so he comes back probably still had a concussion but I mean I guess I'll never know and uh <laughs> second period this guy he plays for the Kings now his name's Austin Wagner yeah yeah he's I mean if you put him up there for straight line anyways he could be up there for fastest players in the league like he is he is so fast and he came down, exact same hit, on bright three-step crossover, just absolutely obliterates the guy. And, like, he's down. He ends up leaving the game. They end up kicking Otto out, who's our top shutdown defenseman. Oh. So we were kind of we worried. At the same, like, I kind of thought I was going to get more ice time, but it didn't affect me either way. I still didn't play that much. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we end up going. Uh, we are down 3-1 going into the third period. In the last eight minutes, we got a power play goal. We scored. Last five minutes, we scored again. So it was 3-3. And then in overtime, it was – I I think it's like 10 minutes in or something like that. I was, I was just about to get my first shift of overtime. I was pretty pumped. I was up next. And we, uh, we made a breakout pass to, yeah, Alexander True. And he went down kind of just – Threw it on net overtime, you know, never a bad shot. Threw it on net, went around his defenseman, didn't box him out or get boxed out, picked up the rebound and buried it. Oh, yeah. overtime yeah. hero. Yeah, overtime hero. I, I I called it before the game too. We All the rookies, like, we're all sitting in the corner. We're not playing, so we're just talking to each other. We're just like, yeah, like making bets on who do you think is going to score. And, I mean, I think like three people picked Barzell. I picked True just because he's he's been hot the whole series. Like big six foot six Danish guy. Like he's gonna bury. I, <laughs> I just had a feeling. So yeah, yeah, he ends up burying, and then uh, we just kind of yeah, kind of blacked out after. Got our championship hats, uh, got the trophy and stuff. Did our laps with it, and then got back into the room. Dumped like our Gatorade stuff on the coach and. Our coach was just like, gave us a little speech, just said, you know, boys, like I knew we could do it. And then he's like, all right, let's get out of this shithole. Let's go back to the hotel. And we were, we, we never had like any champagne or anything at the rink. So we were like, okay. So we, obviously there's tons of media, there's tons of scouts, everyone's talking. We get, finally get packed up. We go to the hotel and uh, all our scouts are mostly from Regina, believe it or not. So we had pretty much our whole organization there. And we get in the room and they they rented out this huge, huge room of the hotel. And uh, we walk in there and there's probably, you know, those fo- foldable tables, like just yeah. those portable foldable tables. There's probably like 10 of them. And there's probably over like hundred cases of beers. Like we, it was yes. just, we walked oh, in sick. and we were just like, Oh, let's go champagne everywhere. And yeah, it was, Popping it was just bottles. a great night. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, it was. I got. I always ask every GP guy this, but like, I mean, how good of a feeling is that? Like, I mean, you go through so many years of just like hard hockey, a GP of not winning. Like, it's tough because you never dream about even going past one round in the playoffs, let alone <laughs> winning the whole league. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I was. It was kind of the one of the things. I mean, my whole life, all I've wanted was was a ring, and I mean, in Bantam, you kind of like you go to like those medicine hat tournaments, and if you win, you get a ring, but we're from Grand Prairie. You never get invited to those tournaments because we suck. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's all I wanted. So I was just like, I was so pumped. I was like, oh man, like I've lost. I've I've only made the playoffs once in the past five years, and 
like I, I I'm so excited and yeah it was just awesome we partied until like four five uh, probably about like six in the morning uh, and then no. we pretty much woke up at seven so I mean if guys slept guys slept if they didn't they didn't we got on the plane uh every the plane was like it was gross I mean it was Everyone's sticky, like no one showered. We still what a plane ride that would be like. That'd be the f- I would just be dying to laugh and just watching all the boys like walking onto the plane, just fucking oh, yeah. still drunk, just in one. Yeah, we were just, yeah, everyone, like it was a pretty quiet ride because, I mean, whenever you fly into Seattle, just with all the water, like the turbulence can be bad sometimes. So the boys just pretty much passed out so the hangover didn't hit them too hard. And we end up going to the border and we have a huge championship parade waiting for us at the rink. But the way it worked is that we had to fly into Abbotsford, drop off the plane, then bus the rest of the, whatever uh. it is, two hours. So we go there and we went to a different border than we usually do. And the border guys were just being dicks. Like they, they like, and made us take out all of our bags. No, they made uh. us take out everything You're all off hung the bus. over. Yeah. And it's, of course, it's me who's doing it because, like, that's all the rookies pretty yeah, much. And yeah. We finally pack everything back up, and then the officer comes back out again. And he's like, yeah, like, I'm going to need you guys to move it all out again. So we oh. finally, we take it all out again, and we're just miserable. Like, it's we're in track suits because that's the dress code, and it's, like, plus 30 outside. So we're just dying. We finally get back, and, yeah, there's like police cars everywhere. There's probably like a couple thousand people just waiting there. Obviously, it went vets off the bus first. So, our captain, Scott Enzer, or I guess co captain, he walked off the bus with the cop and kind of just held it to the sky, and the whole place just erupted. There's no way like confetti everywhere, balloons, mascots, like the news, everyone. And we just walked through there, had a little talk, and then we all got to the room and there was championship shirts and stuff everywhere in our stalls. And like, we got all this new championship stuff. And then uh, we had a little talk with our coach and he's like, all right, boys, like, I know we just won yesterday, but uh, I want you guys to enjoy it today. We practice tomorrow and we fly out the next day. So. It's, oh it's, yeah. It's, Cause mem cup. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, I never realized it at the time, but you, you, especially we were the last team to qualify too. And it was just kind of uh, like we got home. We didn't even get to celebrate. Like half of our suits were absolutely destroyed from partying. So we're trying to get a dry cleaned in 24 hours. So all of our suits just looked like shit. We practiced hungover, worst practice of our lives because we partied again that night. And then, the next day, yeah, we were on our plane and we were back headed to Windsor. Eek. So it's a quick yeah. turnaround. Yeah, very quick turnaround. And so I, uh, I mean, I remember watching a couple of those Memorial Cup games on TV. Um, but how, how, how was that for you guys? Uh I mean, it was, it was different for sure. I mean, obviously, we got, oh, we got. <laughs> oh and yeah oh and four we just got destroyed like i think we got outscored 20 to four but it was just it's probably tough I mean, too after like you know being that last qualifying team you guys are just partying like the day yeah. leading up to it yeah so we go there and we have a practice and we we check into the rink and stuff and we have uh we have a practice and we're we're watching all the other teams right before and we were watching the erie otters before 
So we were watching like Dylan Strom, Alex DeBrincat, Radish, like a bunch of these sick players, like high draft picks. And we're just watching them. We're like, you, like what? Like these guys are disgusting. Yeah. So I think, I think we were a little bit intimidated maybe. And we were the only team we had like six NHL signed guys or something like that. We were the least amount. Every other team had like 10. Holy shit. So yeah. Then the first game. And then like right after that night, uh, we do like a little, we get special watches from the Memorial cup, like custom made watches and stuff. And uh, so we go to this huge ceremony. We get our gift bags, we get our watches and stuff like that. And uh, they announce every team. So we were one of the first teams to go. So they did the Seattle Thunderbirds. We did like a, a theme song and stuff and they just show our highlights and you have like probably there's like 300 people in there just watching you stuff like committee and stuff like that. And we were watching like the highlights of all these other teams come in and we were, I mean, it was pretty intimidating. There's St. John's there. Uh, they were a huge team. Like everyone was humongous. So it was kind of intimidating to see those guys walk in, especially in their uh, their come in song was "Big Rings" by Drake. Oh yeah, so, that, that'll get yeah. you going. Yeah, so I was like, "Oh boy, like here we go." And yeah, I mean, after that, I mean, the first game, it was probably our worst game of the tournament. It was against Erie. We only lost four two, but we just got totally dominated the whole game. Second game, we go up to Windsor. We're playing better but they scored like three goals in 40 seconds or something like that. And then we ended up just losing like eight, nothing. And then do or die game against St. John's after the first period, I think it was like one, one. We, we were like, okay, like winner, winner moves on, loser goes home. So we're just, we're, we're staying positive And like that team, not a lot of big name guys. Well, kind of, I mean, they had like Thomas Shabbat, who's obviously filthy and, uh Joe yeah, just, yeah Joe Valino. Yeah, Joe Joseph. That was a 16-year-old Joe Valino. Dude, there's yeah. some amazing there's some really good hockey players in this tournament. Like just from those four teams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and those this one guy who or uh Sergachev too, he was on Windsor. Yeah. Yeah, he was nasty and then Jeremy Brocco obviously is a pretty good yeah, player. Yeah, he's nasty. Yeah. The one player who I thought was extremely underrated, but you kind of have to go with the grain of salt with this this guy, but was Sean Day. Oh yeah, I've like yeah. that's that's a weird like weird story of how that guy kind of panned out. Like I remember hearing about how crazy good he was, and then like he just didn't he just get like released from the Rangers or unsigned or yeah, signed with Tampa got, though, right? Yeah, yeah, he signed with Tampa, and like he's exceptional status pick. Like didn't live up to the hype, but. His skating ability, like he's six foot two, two hundred and thirty pounds, and like he was just an unreal skater. Like he was going through a team like it was nothing. And yeah, it was just it was moral of the story, kind of our memorial cup is like we our style of play didn't really fit it. Like we we're a skilled team, but compared to those guys, we weren't. And we were a huge like dump and chase, like wear them down we're we're built for a playoff series and just in those short competitions like you dump mm -hmm. the puck in on thomas shabbat or Sergey yeah. Chef, like they're yeah. breaking the puck out like you're not getting the four check on those guys so so yeah it was kind of kind of just kind of a, a shit show that way but 
I mean, we had fun, lots of experiences. We got to go to Detroit too. So got Detroit right there, spent a day downtown in Detroit. Pretty scary, but I mean. <laughs> yeah, I saw the look, the look on your face there. You had a, a bit of a grin on your face there. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool culture kind of. It's, it's kind of a cool city, but yeah, just just that. And then after we got knocked out by St. John's and then we kind of just did our own thing that night. Then the next morning we were back off to Seattle and then year two days of partying and then we were done championship season coming yeah. to uh coming to a bad ending oh well, I well mean, at least you always yeah you always got that championship though that's really what matters yeah, yeah. i was gonna yeah. say honestly i think the champion well i mean maybe not but i think the championship means more than the mem cup anyway no yeah i i, I think so too and that's kind of like the part that like a lot of us were mad about and like upset about is you know you just bust your ass through a 72 game season all through playoffs and like you end up going out on a losing note still yeah like you win a league but still go out losing or like the years where the host will win and then you got all three they just grinded a win out in each of these leagues and then all of them go out on a losing note yeah like when like, yeah like that year when wins are won they went four and oh they didn't lose yeah so it's like mad I think the championship is 100% worth more anyway. Okay, yeah. we got to I, – I don't want to move on from Seattle because it was sick, and I don't want to skip over that second year because you had good numbers that year. You really upped your game, senior role shift, I assume. Yeah. Uh, and then same role into your third season, but you get traded. Yeah, yeah. So kind of into my third season, I showed up to camp, and – uh, I was having problems with my hips and stuff and I ended up going to see a specialist in Edmonton through Seattle's doctors and stuff and I got uh, it's called a cortisone shot it's pretty much just a steroid and uh, they went to go put it they weren't sure if they should put it in my hip joint or my hip muscle and this was two weeks before camp and I uh, they ended up putting it in my hip joint and I showed up to camp and I couldn't even walk like yeah, they just messed it up so bad. It was so weak. I couldn't walk at all. Like it was, I ended up having to miss all camp. And then three days before I was supposed to fly out for Vegas's main camp, I had to call Vegas and tell them like, Hey, I, I can't show up kind of thing. Like this happened. So I had to, had to miss uh, playing some exhibition games and stuff like that. And sucks. so, yeah, yeah, it's, it sucked. And then didn't the shale play. Yeah, Shale went instead of me. <laughs> that's that's kind of the crazy part to me is like out of anyone in the world that they could have picked to take my place, it's a guy from the same city. Yeah, no, what are the odds of that? Yeah, like expect like maybe if it was Edmonton and it was bigger, but the fact that it's Grand Prairie, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, and then I uh, ended up getting another cortisone shot, missed a few games in the first half. I uh due to that injury got another one in my hip muscle ended up going good started playing again and then I was playing Kootenai and uh my teammate went to go hit a guy in the boards and he had a stick and his stick came out of his hands and swung around and nailed me in the jaw and it cracked my jaw and stuff like that uh. so I was, I was out for I think two weeks with a concussion and then had to wear a bubble for three months so my jaw wouldn't fully break and then 
uh, just kept getting injured, just kind of miserable, ended up going into the GM's office and just asking for a trade. Just like, we're, we're a losing team. Like, I, I wouldn't mind sticking it out. I don't really care. I love Seattle a lot, but it was just the fact that I was getting hurt, kind of needed a fresh start. So, so yeah, then they originally, that was in November. And then uh, two weeks later, he told me they're not trading me. And I was just kind of accepted it. I was like, whatever. I have a girlfriend down there. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's whatever. And then uh, December came around and I ended up getting a phone call before one of my games and it was Brent Sutter. And uh, he flew down Red Deer Scouts to come look at me and for a trade and stuff like that. So, so I was pretty convinced that I was going to Red Deer and Brent told me that he was going to make uh, make a trade happen and stuff like that. So I ended up cutting my hair because one of Brent's rules is you're not allowed to have facial hair or long hair. So I cut my hair, chop off the flow, and then uh, he calls me again. He's like, yeah, Reese, they're just asking too much and we can't do that. So I was like, oh, whatever. A few days after, we, uh, we're playing in Portland. We're supposed to go to Lethbridge. It's New Year's night. We're supposed to go to Lethbridge. Uh, we just lost to Portland, and uh, we go. Everyone's sleeping on the bus, and we're in. We wake up, and we're stopped, and we're in Seattle, and we're like, "Oh, what's going on?" And we thought our coach was getting fired, but uh, he kind of our coach called in us leadership, and he's like, "All right, like obviously we should be in Lethbridge, and we're not." But uh, uh, Hughes, Andrusiak, and Harsh go talk to the general manager. So we all go into that room and it was just individual readings one-on-one. So they traded me, who was the top defenseman, one of the top defensemen, me and Tishka. They traded me, our top goal scorer, and our starting goalie. Great. All you guys to yeah. Saskatoon? Uh, well, I got traded, yeah. I went to Saskatoon. One went to Lethbridge, one went to Everett. So they just kind of blew the whole team up, basically. Yeah, yeah, they blew the whole team up. And we'll actually, at the beginning, they told – I was the last one to go in and Drusiak went in, he comes out, he's like, I'm going to Everett. Hughes comes out, he's like, I'm going to Lethbridge. I go in there, I come out. And they all they said was there's three teams in the mix. We're not telling you which teams, but you're gonna get traded here soon. Oh, so like Jesus. I had I had no idea where I'm going. I'm like helping Andrusiak pack up his stuff because he's Everett's forty five minutes away. So I'm just helping him pack out and just hanging out with my girlfriend pretty much just chilling in Seattle, just going downtown and stuff like that. And and then uh, there was a trade rumor that uh, I was supposed to go to Vancouver. So that's what I heard. And I was, I was pretty prepared to go to Vancouver. It wasn't very far still. So, and then I woke up in the morning and I like, I, I didn't see who was calling me and I just answered. It was like seven in the morning. I was like, hello. They're like, Hey Reese, this is a uh, Colin Priestner from the Saskatoon blades. I was like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? He's like, good. Uh, did I catch you at a bad time? I was like, no, no. I'm like just eating breakfast. I'm fine. Yeah. And, he's like, and I'm like trying to wake up, trying to comprehend things. He's like, yeah. So, uh, that we just traded for you and stuff as you know. And I was like, Oh really? And then he's like, Oh, they never told you yet? I was like, no, they never told me. He's like, oh, okay, I'll call you back later. And then he just hung up. And I was like, Because they're not allowed to do that yet or what? Yeah, this, I have to hear from Seattle first, apparently, uh, if it's in season. Yeah, so I just was like, okay, like that was kind of weird. Yeah, I called my <laughs> girlfriend. I called my parents, tell them I got traded. And then 
the GM calls me two hours later. He's like, yeah, like, sorry, it worked out this way, but uh, you have a flight in four hours to Vancouver. And you have to get to Vancouver in four hours. You have a flight, and you're headed there tonight. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, ended up walking in. And, I mean, Saskatoon, we were, we were pretty good. We, I honestly mm-hmm. thought we had another chance of winning the league. Uh, well, we were, when you got traded, I actually thought that was because they were trying to make another championship push. Yeah, or not yeah, that's another, it, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. They got me for experience, and they needed to shore up their defense. And uh, I was kind of skeptical about it at the time because I went in my first game. I was second D pairing or third D pairing. I was like, okay, and then uh, kind of just kept going throughout the year. And they like, they got me for depth. It turned out to be which. It was, I mean, if they wanted to be a play to shut down role, I'm a two-way guy anyways. Like, I'll do that. So, kind of just played that third defense role and then, yeah, just went on from there and uh, swept the first round against Moose Jaw. And then second round, uh, ended up losing to Prince Albert in six. But I think if we could have got past Prince Albert, I think we we could have won the whole thing. Yeah, two championship rings sounds pretty sick, eh? Yeah, yeah, it sounded not too bad. And then, obviously, Saskatoon, like, there was some unreal players there. I mean, Kirby Dock. I was just going to ask you about Kirby Dock. Actually, okay, here, I'll ask you this. Uh, Okay, so, obviously, he was a horse in this series against uh, Edmonton. I didn't realize how big of a guy he is, too. Yeah. Uh, So, him and Barzal, who who do you think, like, if you had to say – Oh, this one is a little bit better. Which one would you say, or are they just two different? Uh, I'd say, I think they're two different, but really their playmaking is the same. I think uh, I think Barzell's a bit better of a playmaker, but for they're both centers too, and being a centerman, I would have to say Barzell's more skill, but Kirby is probably one of the best centermen I've ever played with. He was always he's always back in the D zone. He's, I mean, that guy he he, he can win stick battles as a seventeen year old in the league. He was winning stick battles with one hand, like he was outrageously strong. And he was it was like having an, a third defenseman out there. Like the support was unreal. I know we so, haven't like got to uh, Winnipeg yet, but I'm curious about uh, what your thoughts on were about Matthew Savoy and getting to play a couple games with him. Like how does how good does he look? Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, looking back at it, I played with a, a bunch of amazing players. A lot players. of good players, man. Yeah, I was doing my research for your interview, and I'm like, God, Harsh has played with some great hockey players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Savoy. I was, I was kind of like, I was like, okay, like we'll see how good he is, kind of in camp and stuff. And he ended up uh, being a little ill the first couple of days, and then after that. Uh, once main camp came, he was he was practicing with us, and we did a one-on-one battle drill, and it's me versus Savoy, and it's, like, kind of just a little corner battle. I'm like, oh, like, I got this guy. Like, he's young. He's supposed to be the next great one. Like, I'm going to shut him down. And uh, we go in the corner. He's First of all, he's fast. He's explosive. So he beats me to the puck, and he's kind of just, like, using his body puck protection away, and he's, he's pretty stocky. He's strong, so he's, he's pretty solid to move. And uh, he puts it through my legs, and I go to turn around to, like, poke check it again. And by the time I turned around, he already put it back through my legs again. And then by the time I turned around to find where he was, he was already at the net and he talked. 
And I was just oh, like, okay. That's like, unreal. I'm, I'm like, I'm a 20-year-old guy. Like, I've been in the league for three years already, and this guy's making me look stupid. So, yeah, he's he's going to be an unreal player. I mean, he's he was unreal for us this year. His stats didn't quite come. He still had, like, 7 and 18, but – I mean, he is, he's going to be a force next year. That whole team is going to be an absolute force. Yeah, okay. So then I want to ask, uh, I mean, since we just we jumped over to uh, the ice, they moved to – that was their first year in Winnipeg, right? Yeah. So yeah. were you kind of skeptical for playing for that team? Because I know they kind of had a bad rep when they were in Cranbrook. Yeah, yeah, I was I was pretty skeptical. I mean, when I got traded, I was I was actually in Seattle with my girlfriend and obviously Seattle's an hour behind, so my my agent called me at 8 a.m. cuz that's when the WHL draft starts. And uh he called me once and I I slept right through it and then he called again and my girlfriend just like handed me the phone and woke me up. She's like, "Hey, your agent's calling." And I missed the call. And I was like, "Oh, well, I'll just call him back later." And then uh she she goes on her phone and she goes on Twitter and she's like, oh my God, you just got traded to Winnipeg. And I was just like, oh, because I, I, I had a feeling I was only, I was only in Saskatoon as a rental player just for, just for yeah. a run type of thing. So I kind of knew that I was going to be on the move again. And my, the first thoughts that popped in my head was these guys have been dead last for the past three years in a row. Yeah. And I was like, I'm ending off my career. Like, on a like could be a losing team and stuff like that and I was kind of a little skeptical about it but at the same time uh head coach James Patrick played over a thousand games in the NHL my D coach won two NHL cups so I mean I the the coaching was there and the experience was there and the connections so if I go have a good year they could get me another offer type of thing Mm -hmm. so I was just I kind of looked into it a lot more and Peyton Krebs, obviously, coming back. Um, mm-hmm. Connor McLennan was the second overall pick. Carson Lambos, who was my D partner. I mean, he'll be a top 10 pick in the NHL next year, should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, as a 16-year-old, he had like 30-something points this year. He's he's unreal. So, uh, yeah, I mean, get there. And my billet house, I, and I was supposed to live with uh, Brendan Kwiatkowski. And then oh, uh, nice. things actually, yeah, things actually didn't work out with with him in the ice and I ended up living with Austin Schellenberg. So, uh, <laughs> what are the odds of that, eh? Yeah, I know. So we, we go there and we check into our billet house. My billet house is nasty. Hot tub, theater room, sauna, like I got oh. everything. I'm like, okay, like this, this will be a year. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we just get going and we were, we were pretty average. I would say we were 500 team. And then we, uh, with, we were 500 team without paying Krebs. And then uh, my starting goaltender in Seattle, he went. He got traded to Lethbridge and quit. So Lethbridge wasted all their picks, pretty much, that oh. they traded for him. And uh, he didn't like it there, so he quit. And I think we're our record was 14-14 and 14 or something like that. And uh, we dropped one of our 20-year-old defensemen, and the GM came up to me and was like, we're picking up Liam Hughes as yeah. a goalie because that's – that's the reason why we weren't doing good is because our goalies kind of were struggling a little bit. Yeah. And we picked him up. And as soon as we picked him up, he hasn't played hockey in a year and he just took off. Like our team ended up, we went on like a seven game winning streak and got to first place in the division. We just never looked back. Uh, 
What was it uh, like playing in that afternoon hockey game against the Oil Kings with all those screaming kids in there? <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if you knew that, but I was, uh, for Nate, I was recording that game for our school, and I actually ran into your parents in the, in the stands there. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was a tough game, though, hey? <laughs> yeah, very tough. I think the worst part, so at the trade deadline, we traded for uh, Dawson Bartow. He's signed by Dallas. So we, we traded – it was a huge trade. We gave him, like, four second-round picks for him and stuff, and he's, he's disgusting. He ended up living with me. He was my new roommate and stuff, and just gross. So they switched up the D pairings. I got moved down to second with my buddy Orzik, and he was first with Lambos. And we couldn't really get the chemistry going. We were struggling defense-wise. And then going into that game, it was – we already knew Edmonton was a good team, and then – Peyton Krebs couldn't come for the weekend because he the he couldn't play back to backs yet because of his Achilles. So he stayed behind, and it was just we just never had a chance right from the oh. puck drop. Like it was just bad. I think I went minus five that night. I think that everyone day. in that game might have went minus five. Uh, yeah, I was curious though, like from from like from your perspective, how good is Dylan Gunther? Yeah, he is. He is nasty. I mean, his he's he's a pure goal scorer. Like his shot is second to none. I mean, the last time a sixteen year old has come into the WHL and had over a point per game like that hasn't happened in a long time. So the fact that he did that and he was just a menace, like he was their number one go to guy. Like he's a straight sniper. Like he's probably one of the best goal scorers for the draft next year. So yeah. All right, and then I guess the last thing we'll probably touch on, um, you got that opportunity to go to the Vegas camp. Um, one, how was that? And then two, what's, uh, what's kind of the plans going forward for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, going leading up to the draft, I obviously had a good year, but then got hurt. And I think it was two weeks before the draft. I, I ended up talking to 14 NHL teams that year. And I, I was pretty certain I was going to get picked because I was on central scouting for a bit too. And uh, I think three or four days before the draft, I got a call from Philadelphia's assistant manager, assistant general manager. And they told me they were looking at drafting me in like the sixth, seventh round and stuff. So I was pretty excited to kind of just watch that. And so I was watching the draft and the Philadelphia seventh round pick came and I was like, okay my time to shine like come on like I want this so bad and then all of a sudden you hear Bettman's voice and it's like we have a trade to announce Philadelphia trades uh. for seventh round pick away and I was like yeah that was uh. that was my only shot so and then I was just kind of watching just still watch the whole draft because you never know maybe another team will take a chance on me and then uh the word Gary Bettman like got up on stage and he's like thank you all for attending the draft that concludes the draft thanks you all for coming and as soon as you said thank you all for coming my phone started ringing and uh I looked and it was a Vegas number and at first I kind of thought it was like a prank call I was like oh whatever and I like I answered I'm like hello and they're like hey this is this guy with the Vegas Golden Knights like we want to invite you to our development camp you you're gonna have to leave in the next two days though so we need a decision really quick and I kind of panicked a little bit and said yes without like just, talking to them. yeah I was stoked. so like mind blown I was stoked and I just said yes and he was like okay perfect send me this information so I hang up 
And then after I hang up, my agent calls me. He's like, hey, Philadelphia wants you, the Rangers want you, and the Islanders want you to come. And I was like, oh, crap. And I was like, I just talked to Vegas. And he's like, well, what one do you want to go to? Like, we need to make a decision now. So I had to call up Vegas and kind of ask them, like, what their plans for me. And for the Islanders and the Rangers, they were going to invite me to their camp, but it was only development camp. I'd have to work my way into making main camp. And Vegas and uh, Philadelphia both said that I can come to development camp and I'll get an automatic invite to main camp. Mm. So I kind of just went with Vegas. I looked at the D situation and a buddy from uh, who played on Remmer's team signed as a camp invite the year before. So I know they like to do that. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to go to Vegas type thing. So went there. It was, it was pretty different. Obviously, like the weather and stuff was unreal. I mean, it's Vegas. Like what, what do you expect? So it was, it was pretty sick. Like just the, the whole pro experience and stuff like that, the hotel and kind of just, just playing with all these players. I was pretty familiar with all the top end guys like Cody Glass, like kind of played against him a lot. So it was pretty good. Ended up rooming with uh, some for, like some WHL players as well. And I guess just the biggest thing was you never realize it, but as an 18-year-old coming out of that, like you're up against my D partner's name's uh, – his name's Jimmy Schultz. He signed with Vegas as a free agent. And like you have 25-year-old NCAA players who are just coming out and – I mean, NCAA, they work out way different than the WHL. They work out hard every single day because they play less games. So these guys are grown into their body. They're just full men. And you have me, 18-year-old, kind of scrawny boy, just coming out of the dub and, like, just going in the corner battles and, like, just the speed. I was able to hold my own, and I didn't do that bad. But it was was pretty eye-opening, that's for sure. So what's next? Henderson Silver Knights or what? Yeah, yeah, I, I wish. I, I talked to him a little bit this year. Um, I actually didn't talk to Henderson, but I talked to San Antonio before they made the for sure switch. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, end of the year came. I was I was looking. I was going to go up uh, and possibly play with a few, like, AHL teams. I had a few offers after, like, the playoffs were over, but obviously COVID hit, so... I wasn't able to do that. Yeah, so I I haven't fully kind of made up my decision if I am going to play pro or go to school. I committed to the University of Manitoba just in case. Mm. And uh, that's the plan is right now is to go there and head there in October. But I've had a, a few calls just with some East Coast teams. I don't not a big fan of playing in the East Coast. So I'll kind of be looking at uh, – I had a few two-way offers for the – kind of the AHL two-way deal so I'd probably play in the east coast anyways but I mean yeah kind of just look at all my situations don't really want to waste my schooling so I might go to school for for a few years anyways get a get a degree and then go play pro hockey after that maybe hopefully in Europe somewhere so if you do decide to go pro can we break it break it (laughs) yeah can we break it on twitter can we break it on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Oh, nice. That'll be our first big break, Livy. Yeah, we got to get in the scoop game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you never know. The plan still is to go to Manitoba, but I've been in a few talks, and 
I was planning on, so you can, what you can do is you can play like East Coast up until Christmas. And then after Christmas, you have to go back to your university team or you play the whole year. Then you have to redshirt if you go to school. Mm. So I was, I was thinking of just signing like an East Coast deal, go the first half and just kind of see how it pans out. Because if you sign an East Coast deal, you can get called up by any AHL team. Oh. As if, if you sign an AHL deal, you're stuck with that one team. I see. So it, it, it kind of has its different advantages. So I was going to sign an East Coast deal, play till Christmas possibly and go back. But now with COVID and every league starting in December, that kind of – now I just have to make a decision. <laughs> oh, yeah. COVID kind of messed with it. Okay, I have one more question. Uh, then we'll probably let you go because we took up a lot of your time. So you love Seattle, great city. Are you automatically going to be a Kraken fan? Yes, I actually just uh, confirmed my order, and I got uh, two hats coming. Uh, order so you're not you're day. not a Canucks guy anymore. I'm not. Honestly, I was only a Canucks guy for Luongo. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. I love Luongo. I've otherwise than that, like I've always been an Oilers fan, and I still am an Oilers fan. But just uh, my girlfriend's dad put down. Uh, some money so he's got three season tickets for the kraken sick so when i go down there i'll be catching some games and oh, you can't be a bandwagon be a if you just yeah, join right yeah, away yeah yeah you gotta you, no such thing as a bandwagon if you're there from the establishment hey <clears throat> yeah exactly uh, yeah. i guess i'll do my last question i know you're uh, i know you're a basketball fan uh who do you who do you got taking it this year and is is should lebron be winning mvp uh well uh, first of all my predictions haven't been uh too hot lately i recently predicted the panthers to win the cup so that that (laughs) one that one kind of backfired a little bit but uh for for the nba i mean it's kind of hard to say i my favorite team's houston i love Harden. he's my boy so i think i'm gonna have to go with houston if they can pull it all together i would say them and then for lebron i think he's the Lots of mixed opinions on him, but I think he's the greatest athlete in the world to dominate a sport like he does at that age. Like, it should be no-brainer he's MVP. I mean, he's kind of falling apart right now, growing injuries, got the gray hair on the beard a little bit. But uh, I also yeah. feel like now that they uh, secured first place in the West, I feel like the rest of these bubble games up until playoffs, like, I don't think they're trying. Like, I don't think they care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you look at the Suns. The Suns are five and zero. They're the only team who hasn't lost yet. And yeah, I mean, with all that stuff, like with Portland the other day with uh, Damian Lillard and going the Clippers? after Paul. Yeah, Paul George and Beverly. I mean, Portland could be a wild card team too. That's something I always regret is not going to the Trailblazers game. Actually, yeah, that would have been that would have been a blast. Especially seeing Dame. Uh, only two hours. So oh, okay, okay, not bad. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Reese, for uh, your time today. I know we uh, went pretty long today, but it was a good talk. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks, boys. Yeah, it was good catching up with you guys. Good TikTok. Yeah, awesome. I haven't, haven't seen you guys in a while, so it was good. Yeah, yeah definitely been sure. a while. We, I think for sure like, we should, uh, like, depending on, you know, what you keep doing, but we should do this again, I think, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome. And uh, I know your buddy Bear, he has nothing to do now because he just got crushed by the uh, Blackhawks, so you know, give him a little ring. Tell him Matt specialists are available. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll shoot him a text. Oh, yeah, all right, it. Do, do it, do it. Help us out. <laughs> all righty, sounds all right, good. Harsh. Thanks, boys. Love you, buddy. See ya. Love you, boys. Peace. 
Hey guys, we want to thank you once again for listening to this episode and all the other ones. If you want to hear more of our episodes, go listen on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded these days. Um, if you want to see more of what we're doing on social media, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook. It is the Mad Specialist for all three of those. Um, again, we appreciate your support. We got big things coming up in the future. Um, and have yourselves a lovely weekend. Oh my God, who the hell cares?